when the opposition is hobbled and they have some players out, you have to beat that team. The Suns tonight not only beat that team, the Portland Trailblazers, they stepped on their throat. While it seemed like it would be an interesting game for the first half, in the second half, the Suns just went absolutely bonkers, Matthew, and end up winning the game by 32 points. I believe that's, that's their second consecutive win, over 30 points. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Phoenix Suns basketball. <laughs> Man, there was a time at the end of the third quarter, actually it was a buzzer beater by Cam Johnson where Booker was just on his knees and he was just sitting there just smiling. I'm like, he probably is just like, man, this is the best. Look at this team around me. Like just, he was blessed right there, dude. And uh, I felt the same way. I mean, just watching these games, I feel like every game, one after the other, it's like, oh, this is the best win from the Suns. But it's just like every game is the best win. They keep improving so much. I can't even keep up. Well, that's the fun part about this is every game they're showing you something different. They're showing you their ability to to just put teams away. And it's something that yeah. as Suns fans, we, we haven't seen in years and years. The ability to just put teams away. Teams that you should be beating, they are beating. You know, Obviously, there's the game against the Nets a couple games ago where they had an opportunity to win that. But even that, I mean, that's a that's a tough team, and and uh, and uh, James yeah. Harden, an MVP candidate. So seeing what they did tonight to Dame Lillard and the Underman Trailblazers is just fortifying that this team is continuing to grow together. They're continuing to fuse. Their chemistry is fantastic. They just they keep coming at you. It's nonstop, and it's man, it's fun to watch. It's so fun to be a Suns fan, finally. Yeah, my number one question really quick is, can we chant MVP for two players on our team? For Chris Paul and Devin Booker? I mean, it of makes course. sense, right? Of they could be number one and number two. Or they can share it this year. Who knows? Yeah, they could be like Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson in the 2001 <laughs> yeah. World Series where they shared awesome. the World Series MVP. Give it to both of these guys. I mean, they've turned this team around. Think about this. The Suns are now 20-10. and 10. The year before getting DeAndre Ayton, what did we win? 19 games? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've out. Always below 20. <laughs> always below 20. And Devin Booker <laughs> has like averaged 22 wins in his entire career as a Phoenix Sun. Mm-hmm. They're 20 and 10 right now. And in a matchup against the number five seed, they laid the smackdown. This is the kind of thing where tomorrow morning, the sports writers of the East Coast will wake up, look at that score and go, what happened tonight? How did the Suns completely and utter, they, they just dominated them. And you know what? That's what we're here to talk about on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So thank you if you're joining us live. We really appreciate it. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're looking for a thousand followers someday or subscribers. Uh, we're close to 700, so maybe you can be the 700th person. Uh, make sure you click the thumbs up button as well. That helps with the algorithms. Let's all the other Suns fans know that we're out here and we do exist after every Suns game. If you're listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And the, sh- the show is at Suns Jam. So we're obviously going to talk about the dominating performance by the Phoenix Suns over the Portland Trailblazers this evening and then yes, at the sir. back end of the uh, of the podcast we're actually going to talk about who our predictions are for the all-star reserve spots that will be 
uh, selected tomorrow at 5 p.m. local Arizona time. And we'll actually have a live podcast during that. It's going to be the Jam Session As It Happens podcast, where we'll actually be watching it and giving our takes and our responses as it occurs live, hoping that the Suns get two All-Stars in. And if they don't get an All-Star in, uh, fuck the NBA and I'm over it Yeah, then we can relieve our frustration on each other. Yes, and everybody else. maybe. Everybody else can watch us just lose our shit live. So it's definitely worth mm-hmm. tuning in for. So <laughs> yep. uh, without further ado, Suns Jamsters, it's time to party. So I've got a hazy IPA from Four Peaks Brewery. Let's pop them open if you got them. Because I know slippage. it's a Monday, so Matthew's not drinking. So cheers. The win streak continues for the Phoenix Suns as they have now won three in a row after a dominating 32-point victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Matthew, the one thing I got to know, how did they win this game? Man, it just it's never quitting for them. Whoever's in the game, they want to win. They want to blow them out. When you go into the third quarter, when you're up by 10 at halftime, I mean, whoever's in the game, you can count on them to to put the put your foot on their throat. They they definitely do that. They don't have one player on this team that's not out there to waste a minute. You know, they're just going to go at it. Um I think it really started with Booker tonight. Booker for sure had his most Kobe S game tonight. I know Kevin Ray said it, but I was thinking in the first quarter, those moves he was pulling, I know he's always had those moves, the, the turnaround jumpers, but how smooth he was against those defenders getting wherever he wanted to go. This is the most Kobe-esque game I've ever seen him play, and it started out with that. Mr. First Quarter, Devin Booker, gets the game started in the right way, and he ends up, you know, I can score 50 points, but he doesn't. He just, he'll, he'll pass, he'll find the wide-open guy, get everybody else involved like DeAndre Ayton. So, I mean, it started with Booker, right? Yeah, and he could have scored 50 points if he played the fourth quarter at all. I mean, another game in which the Suns didn't need the efforts of Chris Paul or Devin Booker entering that fourth quarter. Uh, But you're right. He started, he scored 10 of the Suns' first 15 points, had 17 points in the first quarter. And I really like how when he realized that Dame Lillard was going to be his initial guard, he took he took off on him. He's like, listen, I'm gonna back you down. I'm gonna you know do the reverse layups. I'm I've got the fadeaway going. He had his whole arsenal at his disposal, knowing that Dame was going to guard him. Now, granted, you know adjustment for Portland. They took that opportunity and said, okay, Dame ain't gonna cut it against D Book. So we'll go ahead and we'll put Gary Trent Jr. on him, and and he couldn't do anything either. I mean, Devin Booker ends this game with 34 total points on 17 shot attempts. You want to talk about efficiency? It's that right there. Eight for eight from the free throw line, 12 for 17 from the field. Devin Booker kind of letting all the coaches know throughout the entire league one last time, hey, see me, I'm Devin Booker. Remember to put me on your all-star team uh, tomorrow when you make those selections because it comes down to the coaches. And in the game in which Chris Paul ends one for nine from the field with nine assists, two points, nine assists for Chris Paul, the Suns win by 32. Like... What yep. planet are we on? Oh, planet orange. Yes, we are. And honestly, it's that 10-win advantage that the Suns have in the standings right now to where I was thinking we can get two all-stars in the game if we have 10 wins above 500. We're at that spot right now, which is perfect. And uh, what 
I'm sorry. I'm an amateur. I still have the game on, so I'm going to have to turn it off really quick because it's blaring in my face. I have to find the remote. This is oh, how nice. amateurish I am. Well, so give me this. one second. You, just go, you do one of these. Whoop. All right. Matthew's going to go turn the game off because he's an amateur and he doesn't know how to stop watching the Suns apparently after it ends. Uh, but another thing to, that I really was impressed with in this game is how Mikhail Bridges took on the task of guarding Dame Lillard. I mean, obviously, Dame is not only uh, an all-star and should be, uh, even though he was snubbed from the first team, he's somebody who uh, has has just thrown his name into the MVP conversation. I mean, he definitely has the ability, the scoring prowess, and seeing Mikel Bridges pick him up half court and make him earn everything was just one of those wrinkles of this game that I was very pleased to see, knowing that he didn't have his running mate, C.J. McCauley, with a CJ McCollum, sorry, uh, with him, knowing that <laughs> Harry Giles wasn't playing, Zach Collins isn't playing, mm-hmm. uh, Nurkic isn't playing. So, I mean, all these guys on their team that are normally the offensive uh, output outside of Dame Lillard weren't there. So, okay, clamp up on Dame. And that's what Mikhail did. And, and it was nice to see him fighting through screens because that was one of my uh, observations against the Nets. You know, the, the Suns let themselves get screened and switched out of that game against the Nets in this in the second half. In this game, he was fighting through them. He was, but I I honestly in the first half, I Lillard, he did get hurt, it looked like. I don't know if you mentioned that when I was turning off my TV like a jerk. Um, he he did get hurt. So I was like, okay, is he gonna try to get hurt to let um Booker into the all-star game again? Maybe this is the thing he's gonna do. <laughs> so I think he was a little hurt tonight, but honestly, what Dame does on any kind of screens, he has like these defenders around him. They're just like hovering around him, like three of them at a time, but he will find the open guy. He will just all of a sudden find his way out of it. I thought Mikhail was chasing him a lot tonight. I know that Lillard's stats were bad, but like last pod when I talked about how now Mikhail's going up against the best player on the other team, which is Lillard, he picked him up full court so uh, right away. So obviously he was guarding him tonight. So it was his job to stop him. He did the best he could, but it just shows how difficult it is to guard Lillard because when you have three guys on him, he can pick you apart still. Those screens at the top of the key, I think Suns had a hard time at first, but they figured their way out of it. I mean, he didn't really have a lot of help, Lillard. So, I mean, that helps. That helps a lot. But I just think Mikhail is really trying to find his way against these guys. But I just have to ask, too, the, the full court defense he, he does, can you just limit it to half court? Like, what is the point of him wasting his breath to guard him? Is it just a mental thing to get these guys like, oh, God, this guy's on me from half or from full court all the way down to half court? You think that's frustrating for, like, Lillard? You think that even matters? Absolutely, it is. I, and I absolutely think it matters. And that's one of the reasons I'm a big fan of Campaign and Javon Carter when they both share the court together, which is very rare these days. But that's one thing that they do is kind of like the, the Phoenix Suns version of the Mighty Ducks Bash Brothers is they like to get into the mind of the opposition and make them earn every foot. And you think about somebody like Damian Lillard, okay? The, the goal with him is don't let him shoot comfortably. Because if he can shoot, even uncomfortably, we've seen it, he'll hit logo shots. So if he starts to find any kind of rhythm from the perimeter, that's when Dame time takes off. And that's when all of a sudden you have a problem on your hands. So some of the ways to negate it are to, one, do what Mikhail did and take him full court. Because those are seconds ticking off of the shot clock in which he's not shooting the ball. It's where he's, he's having to to you know not play within the pace that he likes to use he's being pestered the entire time the second thing the suns did and eddie johnson was mentioning on the broadcast and you know double teaming him as high as as they were you know because again dame 
you have to play him outside the perimeter. It, between him and Steph Curry, it's the two guys in the league where you have to be three feet beyond the perimeter, and that's where you have to pick them up, up and start guarding. If you don't, they'll burn you. And again, if Dame hits one of those, you know, 31, 32 footers, he'll take another one until, you know, until there's a heat check. So by throwing those double teams at Dame Lillard, essentially what he did is he had a pass out of him. And did they give up like four easy layups? Yeah, but those were four times on a possession in which Dame Lillard didn't shoot the ball. And again, if he had, if they did not double team him and allowed him to shimmy his way into some sort of micro opening, jump up and hit a three-pointer, all of a sudden that confidence begins. And that once that confidence begins, Dame time starts taking over. So I definitely think it was a smart move to take him full court, make him earn every foot up and down that court, and then to throw those doubles at him. And they didn't do it the whole game. They did a little bit in the yeah. second, a little bit in the third, but it was just enough of a wrinkle to, to you know, mess up his game just enough. I mean, obviously his statistics ended uh, in favor of the Suns. He had a total of 24 points, which is like, wow, 24 points. It didn't even feel like it. Nine for 17 shooting, one for seven from deep. And that is kind of, you know, why you throw different looks at him. That's one of those frustrating things I've noticed with teams in the past, especially when you start to watch playoff basketball because you're playing a team over and over and over again. You're seeing them every other night is you start to see the same looks over and over. And I think it was really smart within the confines of this game for Monty to change those looks from quarter to quarter, from possession to possession, to take Dame out of his game just enough to where he couldn't get uh, going. Because, I mean, he could have dropped 40 on us like it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me just to say he's one for seven for three. So a lot of those threes didn't go down to get him going, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. I just think, He's impossible to guard, and him getting to the rim, I still think, is very, very frustrating for Mikhail because he wants to be the de the best defender in the league. He wants to guard all these all stars, but you just see how much better Dame is, and I think it just took maybe that injury something just to knock him off kilter tonight because Dame usually gets going against the Suns against any team. I think he's really unstoppable. But twenty four points, it seemed like he had less than that tonight, of course, because of the way he plays so big every other game. Damian Lillard does that. He does get to the point where it's like, oh, you look down at forty points. But tonight, it wasn't really an option for him. Uh, even Carmelo Anthony himself, I thought he went two for two to start the game, and I was like, oh crap, here we go. But then yep. I'm like, oh, Jay Crowder, what? The guy that we have in Jay Crowder now, where I just found out tonight, I'm like, oh, we have the guy that can guard people or players like Carmelo Anthony, like the pesky guys that can get off their shot any anywhere they want and they can go, they can get hot. But we had Jay Crowder to pester them to make sure that they, like, he keeps, keeps it kind of balanced in a way. And hopefully, I think Jay, that might be something he can add to what he does on the court. I know we, he can defend bigger guys, but just guys like Carmelo who are, the, the six eight forward that can shoot over anybody. If he can get on top of those guys, that'll help out the rest of the season. I just love that matchup. It was very minimal, but it was very funny because there was a technical, and you can see Carmelo even after three possessions only being guarded three times by Crowder, he was just annoyed already. You know what I mean? Throwing oh, his elbows absolutely. at him. Well, I mean, Crowder pulled the chair out from under him on one possession as well, yeah. and and created an offensive foul. So again, the versatility of this lineup and the depth, and it's to be appreciated. This run that the Suns are currently on is occurring while the team is completely healthy. So Monty has all those different levers he can pull 
to try to match up with whatever the opposition is trying to throw at them because he has the assets to do so. When you're playing against Memphis in the last game and you know three-fifths of their starting lineups out and you're playing against the Portland Trailblazers tonight and the same thing, three-fifths of their starting lineup is out and you have a full starting lineup, you should win those games. What's impressive is the way that the Suns just are relentless and don't stop. I mean, even in that fourth quarter where the Suns didn't have any starters really play, uh, you might have had a little bit of Cam. You had some Cam Johnson. Oh, he's not a starter. So Drew Crowder did a little. Oh, he's not a starter. starter. <laughs> exactly. They yeah, scored 32 so points in that. I mean, every I quarter of this game, they scored at least 31 points. They had 32 in the first, 31 in the yeah. second, 37 in the third, and 32 by nothing but reserves in the fourth. Now, granted, those are reserves playing against the reserves of Portland, but still, it just shows you how unrelentless uh, this team is just scoring and at the same time playing defense. The Portland Trailblazers are third in the league in scoring at nearly 116 points per game. They barely got to 100. They got to 100 on their last shot, and it was a three-pointer. I mean, I was I was so hoping he would brick that shot just so we could say, like, yeah, we held yeah. the, you know Portland under 100 points. But, I mean, the way that they win these games is just remarkable in how they are nonstop just, man, they're badass yeah. right now. It's fun to watch. It's a great stretch of the season. And what it comes from, I think the Nets game really had an impact on them. Usually in the beginning of the year, it was like they had some bad losses. I'm like, what are they going to learn anything from this one? We used to be so upset about it. But now it's like that Nets loss, I feel like really, really did help the Suns into where they can't give up any any momentum. They just really can't, especially against any team in the West where they just automatically come back from a 20-point deficit like the Blazers could. I just think that they have that now to where they just are like, why would we mess around? We're here for two... The, the great thing is now these games are so short when they're blowing these teams out. It's like, we have two hours on the court. Let's just get it done now. That's the way they're playing right now. It's just like, we have things to do after the game. We want to get this win. Going into All-Star break, we want to finish strong. Maybe get in the top three in the in record-wise in the West right now because you have the Clippers who, of course, lost last night. And then you have the Lakers who have the the... Anthony Davis being hurt, who knows how long? I mean, they said four weeks, but who knows how long he's going to be out? So these wins, of course, are precious, but they're easier if you just take it seriously the whole game, and that's what they did. Yeah, and that's always been kind of a challenge for the Suns is uh, not necessarily playing the full 48 minutes. And I really feel like when we lost to, God, who was it? I think it was the Pelicans. Uh, yeah. It was one of those games where we just didn't play the full 48 minutes. And all of a sudden, Monty's really got this team to buy in on that. And that comes from the leadership of Chris Paul. And that comes from Devin Booker being hungry and DeAndre Ayton being coachable enough to perform when, you know, they're reminding him of uh, how big and dominant he is. So, you know, you look at this team overall, uh, again, 20 and 10, a great win tonight. Uh, Some of the other things that I have down in my notes, uh, Frank Kaminsky once again gets the start. Uh, I didn't know if necessarily he should because I thought that, you know, given the size of the Portland Trailblazers, this this was every everything pointed to this being a Jay Crowder kind of start. But Frank only ends with 12 minutes and one for three from deep, has three yeah. points and one rebound and two steals. Uh, but for some reason, that Frank Kaminsky, you know, every time we start him, the Suns win. 
Yeah, I mean, is it going to take a loss really to go back to Jay Crowder? Because I know, I feel like Monty's really itching to go back to it because he knows Frank's not going to be, in the future, our starter. Like, in the playoffs, you're not going to roll Frank Kaminsky out there. You're not. No matter how good he's playing, the streak we're on, just because Jay Crowder was in the lineup when they lost to the Nets, it wasn't didn't have to do with Jay Crowder at all starting that game. So I think just going back to it, maybe just a lucky charm or something, keep him in there. But maybe, I think they wait till after the All-Star break, after the next schedule starts, then you can maybe go to Jay Crowder again like you did in the beginning of the season to see how that works. But right now, I mean, they're gonna Jamsters are gonna say it too. Just keep Frank in there. Why does it matter how many minutes he plays, points, rebounds, whatever? He didn't tonight. Maybe he had a couple shots. I was like, ah, Frank, those are old Frank shots. What are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of like when Booker shoots up those those forced three pointers. It's like that's old book stuff. Now it's like tonight, like Frank did that a couple times. I'm like, eh, that's gonna get you out on the bench, dude. That's actually one thing that might put you on the bench, even though we're winning these games. But I say just just keep them with keep them in there. Let's roll with them. Yeah, at this point, it makes sense for him to get the start just because, like I said on the last podcast, you know, there's something mentally that's clicking with this Suns team when Frank Kaminsky is the starter. So why not roll with it? I don't care if you start him for yeah. three minutes and you pull him out and put Jay in there. Uh go go with what's working and you know, currently that is working. And another thing that's working right now is Dario coming off the bench. And you, you knew in this game, you know, one, DA got in early foul trouble. And that's not ne- something necessarily we have seen a lot from Aiton this year is that early foul trouble. Uh, but when Sarge comes in the game, looking at this matchup, knowing that they didn't have really any bigs outside of penis canter, uh, I mean, how how can you not know that this was going to be a great Dario performance and only two points in the second half, but 14 overall because of his dominance in the, well, I'm going to say dominance, but his Sarge-ness in the first half. Uh, what were your thoughts on on Sarge being in a Sarge-ness? Oh, man. man, let that bad boy off the bench. I love it when he comes in because you know when DA gets those two fouls, he's coming and he's going to let loose. But he had, his last two games were not that great. Uh, Sarich. So I think that him coming into this game, he really wanted to prove, you know, I can't have three off games in a row. That's impossible for Dario Sarich. So he comes in, he does what he does best, and he just works that butt down there, down low, makes himself, he puts himself in a great position. So when you're when you're doing that and you have the the first of all, Chris Paul with that pick and roll to hit him off for the first two points was perfect. A yes. way to get a guy started. Um, I think that you need to see more of that from Chris Paul too, getting that to DA too as well. But I mean, Sarge and him have that little thing where you'll see one or two of those a game, whether it works out or not, whether Sarge can make the, the layup, it's up to Sarge. But he had a hell of a game, dude. Even if it's just 14 points, it's like you just you know that you're going to get one of them, Jay Crowder, Sarge, or Cam Johnson, or maybe two or maybe all three. But at least one of these guys are going to provide like really good ball at least every game. And quality minutes, and that's the key. You know, again, as we talk about beating the Blazers by 32 points and beating Memphis by 31 and, you know, having a plus 29 against the Pelicans the previous game. I mean, this is a team that is unrelenting. They don't stop coming at you in different ways. And if something's not working, they change. And I think that early in the season, that was a challenge when they were – fall in love with the three ball, they kept shooting the three ball. You know, if they don't hit the threes, they they change it. They, they try another thing on offense. And I think that as this team has grown together and learned what their strengths and what their weaknesses are, they're finding that their versatility is a clear strength. And if you're the opposition, you just got to look at it and be like, dude, these guys don't stop. I mean, Dario Saric, air Dario. I mean, he's just, he's dominating uh, the paint. And, you know, and it, it was a very interesting game from the paint perspective. Um I see somebody keeps mentioning in the chat that we had over 50 points in the paint. 
I want to yeah. give a shout out where shout outs do because I love the Jamsters when they come on here and hang out with us after the game. So again, a uh, a reminder: go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button. Uh, it helps algorithms and such. Um, I can't find it. Gosh darn it! Yeah, fifty six points in the paint. Yeah, we had a total of fifty six. I'm trying to find the Jamster who actually uh, was saying. Oh, it. okay. I think multiple multiple Jamsters They're were all doing one it. Spirit, right. Yes. Uh, but yeah, fifty six points in the paint to the total points in the paints for the trail, the trailblazers was 40. So we outscored them 16 points in the paint on a yeah. night where it really didn't feel like we had a lot of success in the paint. There was a lot of volleyball going on down there. There was a lot of kind of tip rebounds, missed layups by the Suns. It didn't seem necessarily yeah. pretty. Uh, but when you look at the final statistics, the Suns were out rebounded by the Portland trailblazers by just two 33 to 31 and the Suns actually had more offensive rebounds than the uh, the Blazers did, thirteen to twelve. So a game that really didn't feel like we were hitting our stride down low on the block, even though we had the advantage, uh, they still did. And you know, part of that was Dario, part of that was Da, which we'll talk about here in a second. But you know, what were your th- what were your th- <laughs> I thought <laughs> you were going to do it? I keep what, seeing comments. Sorry, what were your thoughts? What, what what were your thoughts of the Suns on the board? Boards. Oh, it was tough. I mean, the only guy I have to point out really is DA. The only reason I feel like he struggled to actually get a rebound was he just didn't put his body on Cantor. So I don't know if you want to go into Able. Watch 2021. Yes. Thank you. Your favorite segment, Jamsters, is Aiden Watch 2021, yes. <laughs> where we break down the efforts of DeAndre Aiden and microanalyze every game because that's what everybody on Suns Twitter and Facebook does. Go ahead, Matthew. All right, so rebounding for him, I, I love him under the glass on the offensive end because he is like the putback king. I think he had, yeah, two offensive rebounds, but really it always seems like more because he's always getting the ball tipped up in the air. But defensively tonight, I felt like against Cantor, he had a hard time, and I think he just didn't put his body on him. He was kind of just standing up straight, waiting for the ball to come up, and then try to tip it to his teammate, tip him to himself, something like that, where if he just puts a body on Cantor, he gets the ball, I feel like, because Cantor is a big guy, but... Come on, that one box out last game. Oh my, I can't. I had oh. dreams about that thing. That thing was nasty and perfect. And I just wanted more of that. But yeah, it was a decent game by Aiden tonight. I don't know if you want to go into his stats and stuff. And just, I, the thing from Aiden, I'll get my stuff out of the way. I think he had a lot of help tonight from Booker. Booker really was giving him attention like an older brother. I think. Aiden really feeds off of that. And I, there was some plays where Aiden was open, he brought the ball down when he, the pass from Booker, but Booker was just throwing it up to him. It wasn't really anything that was clean cut. Just throw it up to him. And that's what Chris Paul, I feel like has to do more of just throw the ball up at Aiden. Either it's going to be a, you know, an alley-oop or else he can bring it down and throw it down. Other than that, I think he, Aiden was just really focused on Booker tonight. And I think that just the high fives of smiling, like him, like flexing and stuff, you know, like, cause DA threw it down for the end one. I just, I think that really helps him a lot. It goes a long way. And I think Booker needs to realize that like, keep, you know, it's it's one thing to yell and it's one thing to keep being aggravated with certain situations which he's not in the right spot or else he didn't catch the pass, stuff like that. But if you motivate this guy on the court and you act like a father figure or an older brother, I think he's really going to respond well. And I think that's something they need to keep, do- keep doing the rest of the year. I, I really like that tonight. Absolutely. I mean, the young 22-year-old is still learning how to become an NBA player, how to be a center. Uh, he's somebody who started playing basketball late in his life. He was a soccer player in the Bahamas. So he's learning how to operate on the court. And to have Chris Paul... One and and Devin Booker and you know 
the uh, the Devin Booker connection to DeAndre Ayton is really another wrinkle of this offense that has been really fun to watch. Is seeing Booker come off of a back screen, and as he's doing that, the uh, his gravity pulls the defender away from DeAndre Ayton, and he knows instinctively, hey, I'm going to yeah. throw it up to him. He's going to go dunk it down. CP3 got an alley-oop to him today. You know, from a statistical standpoint, not the greatest effort. I mean, 19 points, that's fantastic. Only five boards, eight for 11 shooting, so kind of right in that high-efficiency realm that DeAndre Ayton likes to, to live in. And you're right. You know, I think that he could have had some more rebounds if he focused more on rebounding, but he was focused on Enos Cantor. He was focusing on trying to just get the ball away from him, not necessarily pulling down and ripping that ball down like he did in the last game against the Memphis Grizzlies against Valachunas. In this game, he was just trying to get the ball away from uh, Cantor because he knew that that was the primary uh, rebounding threat for the Trailblazers. And that's a very cerebral way to attack the boards for him because if you look at the Overall numbers for rebounds on this team, uh, Kaminsky won in only 12 minutes. Bridges had two. Aiton had five. Uh, Paul had three. Booker had four. Three for Crowder. Nine for Saric off the bench. Two for Nader late. Uh, four for Cam Johnson. Four for each one more. Two for like it was a team rebounding effort because again uh, we did get re- out rebounded by only two, but everybody was down there trying to help out on the boards, and it starts with DeAndre Ayton setting the tone down there and saying, "Hey, listen, this guy's not going to get it. I'm going to go ahead and just make sure that somebody else does." And then just to see Da, you know, play happy and having fun on offense, as you mentioned, Matthew. I think it's just something that's you know really fun to see. Is he, he's a guy who you need. You're gonna need this guy, and and everybody who thinks we need to trade him for you know Andre Drummond uh, can go off into a pasture and, and be just left there for a while because there's no way oh. only only <laughs> only drunk Matthew thinks that. Yeah, and uh, honestly, it started really with Da. You know, he was fumbling the ball down low. He lost some balls. He actually missed a dunk. The ball fell out of his hands trying to go up for a dunk, but no one was no one was up in his face telling him like, hey, like what the like what the hell are you doing you know you have to respect him and you have to give him some you know some respect down low to where he has to uh just kind of learn from his mistakes and i think just the older guys on the team like booker even though he's still young he is still the older guy on the team with him and chris paul and jay crowder they're the veterans now they have to teach him for sure that he has to you know be he has to be the guy they want him to be but not pressure it too much on the court because i think he does kind of hide away when it gets to that situation to where you know he doesn't react in the right way but just great great game tonight from um aiden i think that honestly aiden had a hard time with the rebounding too because i just think that there's there's times where Maybe he gets a little anxious. So if he doesn't get the board, he's going to upset somebody. So if these guys are around him, just supporting him in a way, like we know you're trying your best and stuff, then I think that helps. But then that also, I, I didn't want to trade him for Andre Drummond. All right. I, I, I didn't want to be that guy, but. <laughs> well, and as uh, Benjamin Shindell says in the chat, you know, Aiden held Cantor to six points. And that's the other side. You know, great defense again from DA. There's a couple times where Dame Lillard got past him after he got past the original defender in McHale, and he didn't really foul him. And even his second foul was kind of, I, I feel like the, the refs were pulling the trigger a little bit early on those fouls. Uh, obviously, he, you know, learned from it. He ended with two personal fouls. So he wasn't really out there fouling a whole bunch. He was just showing, uh, 
he was just getting a couple bad calls on him there. But I mean, again, you know, another quality performance from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, so Suns Twitter, Suns Facebook, you can take a couple nights off. You can wait for him to have just, you know, an, an average, you know, 12 and 10 game before you start ripping him and trading him and sending him to other teams throughout the association. Yep. <laughs> Correct. All right. Well, we are with yeah. well, what are your thoughts on the... Jam star of the game. So if you're watching along live with us, go ahead and go ahead and tell us who you think the jam star of the game is. Uh, for me, it's pretty clear cut, and therefore I'm going to go first in this one, Matthew. Uh, I'm giving it to Devin Booker. I'm giving it for the guy who I really think should be an all-star. Uh, hopefully he's named that tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Remember, if you want to, we will be, sh- we will be going live at 5 o'clock as we do a Suns Jam session as it happens. We'll watch along live as they announce the all-star reserves. And we'll react, and hopefully it'll be a good thing. But Devin Booker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Devin Booker did his part again tonight to remind the coaches around the league that he is a quality uh, shooting guard. He is somebody who can score in a plethora of different ways. And I really like the way that he's been coming out aggressively recently. The nice thing about this game is through three quarters, because that's all he played, he had 34 points on 17 shots. He was efficient, and if the Suns needed him to go for 50 tonight, he could have gone for 50. They just didn't need him to. So GM star of the game for me, I give it to D book. Matthew, what are yeah. you thinking? No, I'm definitely going Booker too. And I honestly think that another move he had that was Kobe. Yes. Was really his spin move where he spun to the basket and he laid it up, but with two hands off the glass, it looks so much like Kobe. I don't know what yeah. it was tonight, but seriously, I, I know his moves are based off what Kobe does. But if you watch tonight's film and you just line it up, I'm sure someone will do it on Twitter. Maybe even John will do it. If you line it up with Kobe, it looks exactly the same. And usually, you know, in the past, Mr. First Quarter, Devin Booker, he'll score 17, score 15 in the first, and then maybe kind of fall off offensively. But he wasn't that guy. Because in the past, I feel like in the season, he would actually try to force a shot up to try to get his, his mojo back. If he was sitting on the sideline for a while, come back in with two minutes left in the in the second he would just like jack some shots up. But tonight he was actually finding his teammates too as well. And I think that kind of helps him get a shot going too as well. If you have the momentum with the rest of the team, everyone else is trusting you, then there's a lot less pressure on you to get that shot up. I think that just definitely helped him, dude. And he was he was very clutch tonight. Man, it was just a really awesome. I think this is the best game I've seen Booker play. And I don't honestly, I want to say this is like the best game ever. I don't know why. It was just was a flawless game for him, dude. Yeah, really he really, game. really efficient, came out, uh, and then all the jamsters are agreeing. Uh, Even at a buzzer beater. A lot of big dick book. Uh, shout out to him <laughs> for that. Um, Hitman X says he's going to give it to Bridges, uh, and, and that's you okay. know, not wrong. I think that Booker had a better game, obviously, but Bridges definitely did his part yeah. um, in shutting down Dame, and or at least pestering Dame to the point where he was not comfortable this evening and therefore didn't have a classic Dame time performance, which obviously is, uh, you know, something every time you play against those Portland trailblazers, man, you know that he could come out and just really kind of stick it to you. So um, again, you know, great performance by Devin Booker, great performance by the Phoenix suns, uh, you know, 20 and 10, Matthew, 20 and 10. It's amazing. The fourth best record in the, in all of the association. It's yeah. our Phoenix Suns, like, <laughs> dude. It is. It's something beautiful. I'm I don't happy. even know. I don't even know how to feel. It's very, very strange. It just it happens so quickly, you know. It, it really does. did this year, you know. <laughs> there, ah, oh, that 
And anyone who doubts that CP3 trade, uh, DM me. Guess what? All right, it's the guess what segment. Let's take a look at some of the things that we talked about prior to this game. Uh, we said who would have more points, Dame or Aiton plus Chris Paul? It came down to the fact that Chris Paul just couldn't hit that midi tonight, man, uh, because Dame had a total of 24 points. Chris Paul plus DeAndre Ayton had a total of 21. Uh, we both said Dame. Um, what, what did you think about Chris Paul and just having a hard time with that mid-range shot oh. today? I mean, he can't be perfect always. Of course, I'm not even going to talk about his age or anything like that. It's just an off night. But a lot of those those shots should have just been passes to DA up in the air over the rim. Over Cantor, who just can't even jump over a nickel. So just throw it up. I wanted to see more of that just because he couldn't get the shot going. But, I mean, it's okay for him to have an off night because we're surrounded by all-stars on this team, right? Every player on this team is just an all-star. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I just I thought it was interesting because we've talked about in the past where when CP3 takes that mid-range shot, like it's like a layup. And mm-hmm. for the first time all season, consistently, he just wasn't hitting it. And I was like, uh-oh. Because, again, early in the second quarter when he had missed a couple of those shots, it was still a tight game. And you know that when, again, going against Dame Lillard, if he gets hot and he can run off 15 points in – a minute yeah. and a half and you could be down 10 like it's nothing but again the fact that cp3 can get the rest of his teammates involved nine total assists has the ability to to ensure that this team is always moving forward instead of become stagnant and again kudos to uh monty williams because there was a moment early in the second quarter where the bench team just they were they were stagnant they were oh to seven run for the blazers or you know the suns over the blazers uh they, they gave up seven points real quick at the beginning of that second and Monty called that timeout and brought Booker in and said, okay, we're, we are going to stop this run. We aren't going to let this game get away from us. And then because of that, obviously, the team goes on and yep. wins. Uh, over, under, Carmelo shot attempts. Um, you know what? If You're I remember right. correctly, we both disagreed on both Yeah, of I was under. You said over. Yeah, and he had nine. So, yeah. Melo, and, and there you go. That's As you mentioned earlier, that was Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was not allowing Carmelo Anthony to feel comfortable after he hit a couple of jumpers. Uh, he said, nope. What's that? I said, just God bless this team. We have like a Jay Crowder on this team. Like, it's just awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, The predictions, who wins, Suns or Blazers? You said Suns. I made the mistake of saying Blazers because I was trying to close the gap. And trash this man. Don't trash me. I was trying to make up ground. Now I'm down. I have nine to six on the season since we started doing this, I guess, 15 games ago. And Matthew, you are just so smart with your 11 and four. You're just. What a genius. Uh, up next, we have the Hornets on Wednesday at 7 Mountain Standard Time. I think there's one reason we really want to watch this game. Matthew, why don't you tell us what that reason is? Yeah, it's one reason I always want to watch the Horny Hornets. It's because of LaMelo Ball. That, that Plain and simple. Just how fun he is, how fun he is to watch, and how he's going to turn this franchise around. I mean, it is early, but I really do think he's going to be a superstar in this league. He already is a starter. He started, I think, what, 10 games ago he came in as a starter. So this team, of course, are not as good. It should be, hopefully, I'm not even going to say it. It should be a win, not a win, but it should be a win for the Suns. And I just, I I, I enjoy this team. There are a lot of high flyers on this team. Um, Not as many three-point shooters as you want. Hayward's looking good. I mean, the signing that everyone said was BS. And I was like, just get some good players on this team. Who cares? You know what I mean? Turn this franchise around. I'd love to see it. I mean, what do you expect, man? I mean, it should be a win, right? It should be a win, yes. I mean, we're clearly the more talented team. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets are currently 
number eight in the Eastern Conference with a 14 and 15 overall record. They recently made the decision to say, okay, LaMelo Ball, you will be our starting point guard. I think for the past nine or 10 uh, games, that's what he's been doing. And, you know, he is a really, uh, I'm not going to say elite, obviously, because he's a rookie, but he is the front runner for the rookie of the year. But he has really above average court vision and passing ability and playmaking ability. Uh, he's got one yeah. of the ugliest shots in the league, and that's just kind of like a ball. <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if your last name is ball, that's how it starts. And then you could maybe end up looking like Lonzo and it actually looks like a decent stroke. Um, but I mean, he really is going to be fun to watch. He's long. He rebounds. He he's going to be a problem. Obviously you're going to put McHale on him and that's going to be fun. I can't wait to see McHale on, on uh LaMelo ball come Wednesday. Uh, but who's going to have more assists CP three or LaMelo ball. Uh, I think, uh, I'll go CP3 on this one. It's going to be tough. But I think LaMelo Ball is still, of course, a rookie. So he's going to have those games where a few times he'll have like a 5-3-3 three, and three game. You know what I mean? Like the Josh Jackson numbers. He'll put those up like at once every other game. So maybe he'll have it this game. Uh, someone did put it that Hayward is out. This always happens. We talk about games. There's always another injury that I just totally miss. So yeah, I, I didn't even know he was out. I was looking at the Hornets team page, and I saw Devontae Graham and Caleb Martin uh, didn't play on Sunday. Um, but I don't know what's going on for as it pertains okay. to Wednesday, so I can't necessarily uh, comment on that. But that would suck if he's out because I really like Gordon Hayward this year, and it'd be fun to see Lamelo Ball and Gordon Hayward um, yep. play. So, Who do you so got I'll, on this one, I'll go CP3 as well. I just think that okay. we have a better team, and you know Lamelo Ball is going to be passing the ball around, but he might not necessarily have the talent around him that's going to have the ability to knock those shots down. Whereas the Suns will, so I think that that's going to be the reason that. Uh, CP3 has more assists over or under Suns hitting 15 and a half threes. Now, obviously, last game against Memphis, they had 24 threes. The game before that against the Pelicans, they had 22 threes. Uh, tonight against the Trailblazers, they made 16 threes. So that's three consecutive games with with more than 15.5 threes made. How do you feel that's going to play out against the Hornets? I think it's over. And the way they're scoring these threes too is it's not anything forced. It's not that way anymore. It comes with the flow of the game. That's why it's so beautiful. And all of a sudden they'll have 23s made in the game. Uh, I'm going to go over. I say they make 17. That's my prediction. Oh, okay. Okay. And looking at the Jamsters, they're agreeing with you uh, down the line, a lot of overs. And I'm going to go over as well. Oh I, I just think that this team is going to, uh, they're going to fall for our tricks. If you will, they're going to, you know, every time CP3 is uh, driving to the basket, you know, the, his gravity or DeAndre Ayton's gravity or Devin Booker's gravity, it's going to create opportunities for wide open shots. And that's going to equate yes. to wide open threes. And obviously that'll, you know, give the, the Suns a chance to hit those over 15.5 threes. Uh, obviously the big question, who wins, Suns or Hornets? I think we both agree on the Suns on this one, right? Well, I'm going to pick the Hornets so you can make up some ground. Is that nice you, of me? Are, and then the Hornets you, win? Dude, I swear to God. <laughs> no, if you, no, I'll pick the Suns. I'm going to pick the Suns. It'd be funny if I did pick the Hornets so and they won. I can't I even gain more ground on you, dude. Like, Remember, we're, we're betting a tattoo. That's yes. going to go, yeah, let's go somewhere. No, we're betting an eyebrow. Uh, if, eyebrow. if you win, you have to shave your left eyebrow. If I win, you have to shave your right eyebrow. But no matter okay. what happens, you end up shaving an eyebrow. <laughs> Sound good? Yes, sounds fair. All right, all right. So the next thing I want to talk about, uh, well, I guess this would follow uh, fall under our thoughts. Thoughts. Um, brains. 
And that's where we're talking about things around the association that and how they might af- affect the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, tomorrow is the All-Star Reserve announcement at 5 p.m. Again, join us here live as we are going to be doing As It Happens, a fun little uh, Suns Jam Session podcast live stream while we find out what those All-Star Reserves are. But as we head into that tomorrow, Matthew, I got to know what your predictions are. And I got to tell you yeah. mine, and I want to hear what the Jamsters are thinking on who's actually yeah. going to go ahead and get those selections. Uh, you know, first and foremost, just to kind of a reminder to everybody on how it works, um, you have the five starters, which have already been named, and then the bench is built up of seven total players. It's two guards, three front court players, and then two wild card players. So. Let's start in the East, Matthew. Who do you think are the all-star reserves for the Eastern Conference? All right, so all-star reserves. Uh, the two guards, I'm going to choose James Harden, Zach Levine. I think they're going to make it in. And then we're going to go forwards. And you said it's it's three forwards? Or is it front, two forwards? It's three front court. Oh, front, what am I saying? Forwards. Oh, my God, dude. dude okay. It's positionless <laughs> basketball now? Like... Dude, your comment alone is very 2008, (laughs) and I resent that, and I'm offended, and you are now canceled. All right. Well, I better get out of here. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it hurts to say, but I think Jason Tatum, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, those are my three for the front court. Back court, I'm going to choose James Harden, Zach Levine. Two wild cards. This is where it gets interesting. I really like Julius Randle. I think he he well-deserved. I think he put up... A career year in New York, and New York's actually getting that kind of recognition now to where it might be back to the old New York Knicks. Um, and then one more wild card. I don't know who that's going to be, dude. I want it to be Ben Simmons, but I don't even know if he's going to make it or not. So I'm going to choose Ben Simmons as a second wild card. Okay, wow. So the East is really hard. In, in it is. My, it, it really is. And part of that is it's very flat relative to good teams and bad teams. I think if you look at the NBA standings as they stand right now while we're doing this podcast, in the Eastern Conference, you only have, what, let's see, five teams that are over 500. And from the number three spot to the number 10 spot, it's a, it's a separation of four games. So obviously there's a lot of talent there. Um, we agree on some of those. We disagree on some. Harden, I think, is in there. Uh, Zach Levine, I have in there as well. Jalen Brown, I have in there. Jason Tatum, I have in there. Um, did you have Jalen Brown? No, that's who's wow. going to take over. Yeah, that that'll take over Ben Simmons' spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jalen Brown is. Uh, <sighs> yeah, he has he, to go. He, he's quality. Um, I don't agree with either of the Heat guys. I don't have Jimmy Butler or um, Bam Adebayo in there. They're the tenth seed. They're not playing great. Bam's playing better than Jimmy, and Jimmy Butler hasn't really played much this year. So. I don't have either of those guys in. I do have Julius Randle, and my mm-hmm. last guy in is Gordon Hayward. Oh, great pick. So no so Trey then, Young, no DeMontis Sabonis, no Middleton, no Tobias Harris, no Fred Van Vliet, and no Ben Simmons for me. Yeah, and if Hayward's out, maybe uh, someone else gets in, of course. So Of course, of course. All right, yeah. so the West, obviously, the, the conference of the Phoenix Suns. Um, who do you have? All right, so let's see. Front court here. Anthony Davis is going to be out, so we're going to have Paul George and Zion Williamson uh, for the two. Back court, I'm going to do Damian Lillard. I don't think he'll be hurt. I think he'll be fine. Donovan Mitchell will make it. Chris Paul automatically. And then the two wild cards. This is actually kind of more difficult than I thought, but it has to be Devin Booker, and it has to be... I don't know. I'm actually choosing this right now because I didn't do the last two. 
who should I choose? Let's do. I want to put. Yeah, maybe you have to put Rodeo Gobert in there. I mean, just you because have of the to. way. You know, yeah, I think you have to. So I, he'll be the final spot. Did you have Donovan Mitchell in there? Yeah. Okay. I said him. Give me a little okay. Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. So so I have Dame and Donovan as my two guards. I have Paul George, AD, and Rudy Gobert. Knowing that AD is going to be uh, not in the game, my replacement for him would be Zion. And then my last two in are CP3 and Booker, probably because I'm a homer. But they uh, have but, to be, right? But, I, but I, I really do think about that. All right, so think about the, the top four teams in the West right now. Okay, you have the Los Angeles Lakers who would get in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, and Anthony Davis obviously wouldn't play due to injury. The Utah Jazz, who are number one overall right now, they should get in Donovan Mitchell's a shoe in, and Rudy Gobert should be in as well. The LA Clippers, you have Kawhi starting, and Paul George would be a, a second. And I think that the Phoenix Suns have, you know, they've separated, especially after a game tonight, like they played against Portland. I don't care if Portland's hobbled or not. You're supposed to beat that team. They didn't beat them. They beat the shit out of them. So the, the top four teams. Let's all give him two players. You know, I can't tell you how for how many years have we heard about the Devin Bookers of the world. Well, you know, he's really good, but, you know, winning counts. Well, prove to me that winning counts. CP3 has changed this team. There's no doubt about that. This time last year, the Suns were, what, 11 and, and 19, you know, not 20 and 10. I mean, so it's it's like a nine-game swing. And Devin Booker is just now really starting to come on. He, he missed four games due to injury, and ever since then, the guy's been named uh, – uh, Western Conference Player of the Week and is you know another strong performance tonight. His last two performances, he's only had to play three quarters. So yeah, you know, and, and CP3 yeah. too. And it all comes back to you know the monsters of the mid range, the backcourt of the Phoenix Suns. Reward them for what they've done. You know, I think that it's a lot more clear cut in the Western Conference. The only guy in this whole scenario who's really not getting in that's of note would be someone along the lines of Demar Derozan, maybe just because the San Antonio oh, God, Spurs. John Morant. I didn't have John Morant there because yeah. they're not they're not playing well. Yeah, and he's been out a little bit too. And plus, when Booker, the stats aren't there because he had to get used to playing with Chris Paul. Like it took a while to get adjusted. Now look at them. Now look how they're one of the best teams in the league right now. The way they're playing. So it just took a while. Even though the stats are down, they're really there if you think about it. No, absolutely. And and Alex Delgado says in the chat, crazy how Zion would be in with a losing team. He's like my only losing team guy in there because he's. <laughs> He's a fucking all-star. I mean, he's it's you can make the same argument that I made last year with Trey Young. I don't think Trey Young was an all-star last year, and the only reason he got in the game is because the fans voted him in, voted him in. If they didn't vote him in last year, I don't think he would have been an all-star. He's not efficient. He's not on a winning team. Uh, yeah, he's good for you know your Twitter highlights every now and then, but he's really – I'm not a big Trey Young fan, and I know I've said that multiple times on the podcast, yeah. so I, I won't go down that, but um, – I really think the Suns have a shot at getting two in tomorrow. And if they don't get one in tomorrow, I'm going to be really pissed. There's no way. Chris Paul is for sure. Uh, Devin Booker has to be for sure. So I just don't know who you would choose over those two. I mean, Anthony Davis isn't going to be in. Mm-hmm. So you have to make up for that for sure with somebody. Well, some so. people were saying, you know, SGA is a sexy pick. I know KOC had him in. Uh, Darren Fox is another one who are – you know they're they're both quality players. Don't get me wrong, but in on shitty teams, really so shitty teams. It. Yeah, you can't do it. You just yeah. can't. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you can't do it. 
we were making our case <laughs> to the coaches one last time. Like, please, yeah, they, they Sun, Suns have finally earned an opportunity to have an all star, maybe even two in. Let's get it with let's get an all star in there without having you know Damian Lillard have to hurt himself. And and I know what you're referencing earlier about Damian hurt himself in the in the game. He tweaked his ankle a little bit when Cam Johnson beat him up and kind of beat him to a spot. He looked fine the rest of the game. So there will be no uh, repeat of last year. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, Christian Zabrowski says it. Zion for AD because of money. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you want Zion there? I mean, yeah, the guys. I mean, he's still amazing. I, I just I like watching him. So I wouldn't be mad about that one. No, I wouldn't either. And again, it comes down to the coaches. So yeah. we'll see what the coaches do tomorrow. And again, a reminder to everybody who's watching and if you're listening on the podcast, uh, you know, join us. Join us on our YouTube channel tomorrow at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time when TNT does their live coverage of the All-Star Reserve selection. We will have a special edition of Sun's Jam Session as it happens and react on what's going on. So you can watch along live with us or listen to it later uh, to see a couple of jackasses re- uh, respond to Zion getting in and CP3 not getting in, and yeah. then us just making our case as to why they should have and been I'll be in. Delayed, so. so I won't even, I won't be on your level. We'll both be su- super delayed, and it's going to be just very awkward. Uh, we'll yeah. be doing it, and 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 we'll just have a couple drinks and have a good time. So yeah. So what else we got, Matthew? What else we got to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast? Well, um, the Suns are really good, and this is a lot of fun. I I. I uh, want to thank all the jamsters for watching us tonight. I just, I don't know. Like I said in the beginning, you just you can't underestimate this team of how good they can be. I just before when they were talking about this, they were winning, but this team isn't as good as they're they're going to be yet. I didn't know it was going to be this good. It is like ridiculously good. I am more for sure about this team than the Suns teams in the past because we play defense, we can score. All stars on the team. I just you name it, we have it. So it's it's breathtaking, honestly. It really is. It's a fun time to be a Suns fan. The bandwagon's getting wider by the day. Come aboard. Welcome. Welcome to Phoenix Suns land. Yes. Uh, it's it's a fun time to be a Suns fan. For those of us who have suffered through it, it's just that much more sweeter. I know that we started this podcast about a year and a few months ago, and it was it was rough times in Phoenix. And we've been fans for, I mean, I've been it since the Barkley era, and you've been it since the Nash era. And it's just fantastic to see a team play so well for each other and and uh who just said uh, kenneth payne said in the chat chemistry is awesome this team is so much fun to watch because of their chemistry uh yeah, yeah i see Ben. you know ben says in the chat damon jones is a useless player and should be cut as should abdel nader you know there's a lot of those questions that are going to be arisen and talked about over the next few uh uh, months or weeks, I'm sorry, as we lead into the trade deadline, you know, where do you cut the dead weight and where do you add more people who can contribute to this team? I think that Damon Jones is the obvious one. I like Abdel Nader. I like what he brings when injuries have happened. Remember when Devin Booker went down, the Suns went two to two for two and Abdel Nader was a big part of that. And I yeah. think that this team just has to kind of, uh, you know, sort out a couple things along the way. But right now, we're really showing the rest of the league that this team is legit, and you have to to prepare for them, right? Yeah, you do. But also, there's Nader was like I think he was a runner up jam star of the game, like maybe two he was. Episodes. So I mean, those players you still got to keep them. Damian Jones. I mean, if you're gonna cut him for what? What are we? What do we? Do we have to cut him? Is there some reason we have to get rid of these guys? 
if we're adding to the roster, I guess, but I don't even know who to add. So that's another trade uh, for Whiteside. Yeah, there you go. Nathaniel Dar says in the chat. John's wet dream for Whiteside. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hassan Whiteside on NBA 2K18. He was a fucking beast in that game. And I, that tat- I yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm, I'm gonna get his face tattooed on my back if uh, if you beat me at the end of this season. So nobody yeah. clip that 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 right there. I don't want that to be okay. brought back, and I have to actually get that. <laughs> Um, but no, I think this team is headed, obviously, I mean, 20 and 10, the fourth best team in the NBA right now. And I'm really excited because here very shortly, we're going to have a shot at the Lakers. You know, our next few games are pretty winnable games. We play the Hornets. We play the Bulls. We play the Timberwolves. Now, granted, the Bulls are a little bit tougher than in years past. They're starting to play well as a team. Zach Levine is a, an amazing talent. Uh, the Timberwolves just fired their coach and got a new coach within like 17 minutes. So, you know, they're, they're kind of a a dumpster fire right now, but we play those Lakers here in about a week. And although they're without Anthony Davis, they're still a really solid team. And I really want to see how we match up against them, knowing that we're going to play them a couple times uh, more in the second half of the season and hopefully have a shot at them in the, in the um, NBA playoffs. I mean, that would be nice. Um, I don't know. <laughs> currently, with 7.30 left in the fourth quarter, the Lakers are tied with the Wizards. So, go Wiz, man. Uh, it's tough, man. Losing Anthony Davis, it's like one of the Infinity Stones just like popping <laughs> off that, that wrist. You damn right. Not the wrist. damn right. <laughs> They 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 just like they just lost the time stone or the soul they, they their soul was taken. Yeah, it's tough to recover from that. That's a lot of adjustment right there. It is. Uh divine intentions in the chat says Suns win next five games to take over the three seed in the West. It is possible the way that this is team possible. is playing. So um I think that's enough for this evening. Again, thank you, Jamsters, who are joining us. Remember, as always, to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening to it on the Bright Side Podcast Network. Uh, if you don't know how, go to your local pod, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Google or Stitcher or, or Spotify, and just look up Bright Side of the Sun. And then we're there as, as well as Fanny of the Flames. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. If you're watching on YouTube, give us those thumbs ups. It helps with the algorithms. Go ahead and subscribe. The goal is 1,000 subscribers by the All-Star break. Ah, crap, that's two weeks. But it'd be awesome if we could. So tell your friends. Um, go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. And follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, another fun win for the Suns, a 32 point ass whooping over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll be here again live tomorrow at five. And then you can catch us at the end of every Suns game. So thank you as always for joining us. Uh, I'm done. I'm done talking. All right. Everyone go home and love your family. Take care, everybody. Ah, darn it. I wasn't done talking, was I? <laughs>